Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Deutsche Grammophon's international podcast series. I'm Sarah Willis, and I just love podcasting with the Yellow Label's star-studded cast of musicians. My guest today is Christian Löffler, a very successful and innovative electronic musician. He has just released an album with Deutsche Grammophon called Parallels Shellac Reworks. He remixes 100-year-old Shellac classical recordings with his own music. But how exactly do you remix Beethoven and Bach? I can't wait to find out. Christian, welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. It's so great to be here. And we were just saying how, how great it is to be able to do this in English as well. Thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. <laughs> it's sometimes hard when you meet someone in a language to then change the language. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just met in German. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you've been practicing your English during these uh, lockdown periods. <laughs> Repracticing, yeah. I kind of lost it after I just stayed home, no touring. And then, yeah, you're there in this small village where I live. And nobody speaks English, of course. So my first interview after a few months was horrible. I was like, oh, I can't speak English anymore. <laughs> But now I gotta, I'm getting used to it again. <laughs> you're so good that you're on an international podcast. It's great to meet you. And I, I love to be a little bit out of my comfort zone, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I'm involved in the wonderful world of classical music. And because we work in the evenings as well, I don't really go clubbing that much, although mm -hmm. clubbing actually happens much later at night, doesn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can be really late, yeah, that's for sure. And also for me, it's a, it's a different world. I mean, I started with club music or this clubbing thing, and then it was kind of normal for me to, I don't know, play at three in the morning or four or even five. And then I kind of started playing concerts and also mixing my music with, string, with the string quartet and we played with the ensemble and then started to play earlier and I got used to it and then coming back to the club life was kind of hard. But I like both worlds. It's very interesting. It's very different. And yeah, the clubbing thing is kind of can be tiring sometimes. <laughs> I think I think we're all going to suffer from terrible jet lag feelings, all artists, when we go back to our, hopefully, to our normal life mm -hmm. that we had before the corona times. And we actually give concerts that finish at 10 o'clock at night and you start playing at three o'clock in the morning. I mean, since we haven't been playing many concerts, I'm asleep at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the same for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a hard one for you because that's, you go from like three to five. That's for sure, yeah. That's going to be a really hard one. <laughs> I hope I can focus on the A more classical concert thing then. <laughs> That's a good idea. So tell me something. What exactly is a remix? Actually, it's it's a special thing because usually when I do remixes, you get files or recordings from the original piece and then you can yeah rearrange it, rework it, like changing the pitch and things like that and add new music to it. So you make kind of a new original piece in a way. But for the Shellac recordings for the Parallels project, it was different because it was one track and all. So I had no string section or brass section separately. Everything was playing at the same time. So it was a very special project. And a you mean the, the piece, it, you had a fixed piece, like you got given yeah. a Shellac recording yeah. of Beethoven's Third Symphony or no, Beethoven's Sixth Symphony. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no separate stems, just one 
piece of music. So you couldn't take things apart and remix right. them because you yeah. didn't have different tracks. Because yeah. in th- how would it have been recorded in those days? Um, yeah, very interesting. I was doing some research about the recording situation and found many beautiful pictures from that time. I mean, it was in the 20s and 30s and the concert halls looked very beautiful, but also the situation with the recording situation and then these beautiful shellac records. They have very heavy and yeah, you can see on the sleeve there's a lot many notes on it. It's used been in this studio and that studio. There's a lot of history going on and I was very inspired from that. For for the listeners that aren't quite sure what we're talking about, the Deutsche Grammophone has this wonderful project. They're restoring yeah. shellac recordings, so original recordings from I think they started even earlier than the twenties. Mm-hmm. The Deutsche Grammophone has literally one of the oldest sound archives in the world and a lot was of course damaged during the war and things like that but they've got an incredible collection of one of the and it's just being digital well, that's a hard word to say on a podcast digitalized you try that it's <laughs> a hard one it's a really hard one yeah <laughs> and that's where where you came in i mean they have these wonderful recordings so 1920s recordings mm-hmm. of the berlin phil the staatskapelle berlin playing beethoven and you've taken the tomana core yeah. uh, singing bach and yeah. the Moldau and a lot of stuff. A yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah. So did they just come to you and they say, here, have these recordings? How did this collaboration start? I was very lucky because I just finished working on my album and I was in the studio preparing for the tour. And then they said, yeah, the Corona thing is on and we're never going to play the tour. Not like planned. So I had a lot of time. And then there was the request from the Deutsche Grammophon asking me if I could maybe imagine uh, reworking or remixing this material. And I was like, oh, wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's perfect timing. And I was checking the material. There was a lot of stuff like, uh, I don't know, 40 pieces from nine or 10 composers. And all these big names, and then you're like, oh wow, oh that's <laughs> that's gonna be difficult, and it's a tough one. I mean, this, it's Beethoven, so I mean, I make music, electronic music, just for fun, basically. And then you go out, play in a club, and you kind of successful maybe, but you're in your world. You just nobody judges you in a way like when you touch Beethoven or something like that. So you had to have that in mind already. But then I was like, oh, it's really interesting and it's something else. And I mean, I just finished my album. So I was like, yeah, why not? I could give it a try and experiment and see what's happening. And also I was very lucky because Deutsche Grammophon was like, are oh, you free to do whatever you want? We trust you. We're happy that you That are. can be good, but it can also be a pain. because Of you, course, yeah. <laughs> I realized. Wow. I realized. And I was like, okay, wow. I was thinking about a few days and then I was like yeah I want to give it a try I want to do it but I also felt when I went to bed I felt like oh maybe it was not the best idea (laughs) (laughs) well it was impressive which pieces you chose now you went through 40 or so Mm -hmm. different composers Mm -hmm. and and the first thing you always hear on these recording is yeah yeah there's a lot of noise they call it dirt in the groove (laughs) I love that I love that that's where the needle hits the groove of the record Mm -hmm. and they couldn't clean all of it off Mm -hmm. could they for the Oh, here we go again. Digitaliz- yeah. Digitalization. <laughs> I think they cleaned a lot, but there's still a lot going on. But also, isn't that great? Isn't it? It's a wonderful I mean, sound. I'm always a fan of these things like Patina or history. So I'm always looking for something like that. I'm a fan of analog photography. I'm also painting with oil and stuff. So I like old paintings. I like old things. So I was happy that it's there, actually. I mean... <laughs> 
I even did some uh, fake vinyl sounds when I started making music. So I was always looking for this kind of history thing. So I was happy that it was still there. <laughs> so how did you decide to use these pieces? And and then the second question, which follows on from that, why these parts? Because you've mm -hmm. chosen actually not the happy, joyful, mm -hmm. dancing Beethoven parts. You've mm -hmm. chosen more the sort of very, I mean, your music is described as nostalgic mm -hmm. a lot, sometimes melancholic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, and that's really what you've chosen here. Yeah, that was the big challenge in the beginning because how to find the right moments or parts. And I was there sitting in the studio for a few days and I was like, yeah, I mean, like I said, you have all these big names and very famous symphonies and then you're like, oh, that's kind of overwhelming. Um, Did you know them before, most of the music? Yeah, most, nah, I'm not the very well-trained classical listener, I, I have to say. Now you are. Yeah, <laughs> I got better. You're coming, as soon as we do some concerts, you're coming to the Philharmonie <laughs> for a live concert. That's for sure, yeah, I'm very interested, <laughs> I'm very curious. But then I was like, okay, I have to change my strategy and I was like putting on headphones, closing my eyes And yeah, I was putting on the music, just playing randomly and I was listening carefully and I was taking notes. I was starting to take notes of moments that kind of touched me or where I had a feeling, okay, this is this speaks to me now and there could be some space for me to add something or this kind of opens a door for me. And yeah, I was taking notes. So it was kind of random. I was actually not looking what, who's the composer or what's, what is the piece I was you just, just liked what I you was were just listening. listening to the yeah. music and it felt also it was very interesting because it felt kind of timeless uh, at some point I I didn't even realize how old these recordings are it felt like yeah it's just music You've chosen a lot of slow movements of the pieces, you know, like, like we just said before, yeah. like the, the pastoral, you've chosen the one. You're a very nature-loving person, aren't you? Yeah. And I love, you can hear the birds, you can hear the cuckoo in, <laughs> in your pastoral remix. And that's so peaceful. And, and the fate also, you, you have the, the, mm -hmm. the, the funebra and... Mm -hmm. Just, I really like the mixture and I found it, it really suits also, although I didn't know anything about your style of music before I started to listen to this, it suits your style of music making. You said in an interview as well that you want to be respectful of the composers that you are remixing or, yeah. or collaborating with. Yeah. It's very important, isn't it? Yeah, that's also coming from the sampling background because when you make electronic music, you're always kind of, I mean, I mean sampling is is a big part of it. So you, sometimes you just take something from a TV show or from a movie or from another music piece and then you just record it and kind of you're kind of stealing it at some at some point but then you're changing it so much that you can't really hear the original piece anymore. But here I wanted to take the originals and I wanted to show it to people, maybe also to my fans or audience, people that are listening to my music and show them the beauty of the original pieces so that maybe they are interested afterwards and oh, I want to hear the original, I want to see how it that's sounds exactly like. What, yeah. that, that's exactly yeah. what I want to yeah. hear, that's yeah. fantastic. So that's why I was always making space for the original maybe in the beginning or even in the Moldau rework I have a part in the middle where only the original Shellac recording is playing so I wanted to make space for, for it yeah Do you think this would work in a club? I think so, yeah. I mean, we played it once in Bonn at the Beethoven House for the Not quite Yellow a Lounge. club, though. Ah, that Not was a Yellow club, Lounge, yeah. but I had the feeling when we played it live, it felt like with the moments where a beat is coming in, it felt like, ah, that could really work. 
I mean, it's different though, but there's definitely space for for to change it more, push it more in a clubby direction. And yeah, definitely. I want to try it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, tell me when, unless it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm not sure. <laughs> we have rehearsal at 10, always. <laughs> so in club, I have something I just wanted to ask you because often you see the, I mean, you're not a DJ. You don't. I'm not playing records in no, a way. No, you yeah. don't play the records. Yeah, yeah. You create your own, yeah. your own sounds. And you have to read the audience, don't you? And you have to sort of give them space to breathe and whip them up into a crazy mass <laughs> of whatever. Conductors have to do that sort of thing, except they have a certain form that they, they know which music you know, they, yeah. they're, they're conducting. Would you say that, that what you do is similar to conducting on a night in a club? It's pretty similar when you say it like that, because I also have my repertoire. I have my music. I, I, I have a few albums and singles, so I can play music from that and then also improvise and make transitions and yeah change the mood and stuff like that so but you have to read the mood before you yeah, change yeah yeah it's about the the feeling with the audience like it's giving forth and back and the best is if you can read them and if they are giving something back so if you kind of feel the unity in a way that's the best thing about it. How do you know if you're successful or not on the night? Do you go away from some thinking, like, I go away from concerts thinking, ah, I could have done that better and I should have done ba that mm. better? Very difficult because I have all, I always have moments like that, that could have been better or that was like a horrible mistake. But then you speak with people afterwards and nobody actually realized. And then they say, oh, that was the best show. And it felt like, oh, that was definitely much better once before. So it's always a very strange thing. I don't know. You you never really get it. Sometimes you feel very good and then afterwards, oh, okay, was not the best show. <laughs> but usually I think we are, the musician is always the biggest critic of, of yourself. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it can ruin our lives if you have a bad concert. You just think the world has ended sometimes, or especially on the horn, you know, it's such a dangerous instrument. You yeah, can ruin a so concert powerful, with, huh? with one note. Mm. And I always <laughs> just feel like, oh, and I was wondering if, if, if club musicians uh, felt the same because everyone seems to be having a great time. Yeah, I mean, I had horrible accidents with computers turning off or equipment falling off the stage and then no music so or power turning off. I mean, that was not my fault, but standing in the dark for five minutes with full of people, the room. Yeah, this can be very stressful. Oh, no. <laughs> Classical music is, is held still on a bit of a pedestal, and that's exactly what people like me are working to get it down from there and to get especially younger or, or mm -hmm. audience mm -hmm. interested. And that's why I'm so happy and enthusiastic about these sort of projects. Mm -hmm. How would you say your audience has reacted to your Parallels uh, album? Has it, has, have people said, oh, that's really nice music. Oh, I've never heard that. Or what has been your, what has been your feedback? I was, I'm very happy and I'm, I'm checking the internet, all the, the platforms every day now since it's out. And I'm very happy about the feedback. Also, I'm getting reactions from people that were not my audience before. Like me. <laughs> yeah, and that makes me very happy because if you're opening your world to a different world, and that's really good. But also from my, my regular fans, I get only positive feedback. And I was, I was a bit stressed about it before because I was not sure. Uh, like I said, you're making your music and kind of people were kind of known know knew my music what i'm doing they how were it your sounds fans. yeah they liked right your stuff. so and i was like i was trying to go in a little bit different direction i mean it's still my mood but then it's more ambient maybe or soundtrackish in a way also so i was very excited for that but 
just good or positive reactions, so I'm very happy. If anyone's listening who's never heard these symphonies or these classical pieces live, they are more than yeah. welcome to come to a live concert. Yeah. Because you really you really have to experience, it's like club music, you have to experience it live. It's a different thing, yeah, for um, sure. Rather than just sitting at home yeah. listening to it. And it's the same with, with live concerts. Yeah, like I said, for the first show we played it in, in Bonn, it was a different thing. So, I mean, it was just a string quartet, but it sounds so good, so different. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, well, let's hope we can all get back to live music yeah. very, very soon. So your track list, do you have Do you have a favorite? Or, I mean, I listen to them all quite a few times, mm -hmm. actually, because for me, it's also as a classical musician, sometimes quite strange for my ear to be hearing a piece I know so well, and mm -hmm. then suddenly a chord, like even just the beginning of the Funebra mm -hmm. on the, on the, on the mm -hmm. album. You know, you hear the Beethoven 3, and all of a sudden the chord changed. I was like, no, wait a minute, that's yeah, not yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was the longest track on on the album that yeah, goes about right. 13 yeah. minutes or yeah. something yeah, so you can one. really get into the yeah. space there the others are shorter mm -hmm. can you explain the tracks and, and and do you have favorites and it's also a thing i have when i stop when i finish the work i kind of put it away and don't listen to it so with the interviews coming in i was like yeah just rediscovering the music again i just had an interview uh few days ago and I was listening to Freiheit again because uh, he was playing it and I was like, ah, okay, that's actually maybe my favorite because uh, I don't know, it's it's kind of slow and then it's low key in a way, it's not so, yeah, it's not very focused, it's kind of floating, but I, I like it and yeah, it's changing all the time. Also, Fate is It's really good. Favorites is really mean to ask. I hate it when people ask me what's my favorite piece. So yeah. I'm sorry about that. So it's my interviewer mode. Actually, <laughs> actually, I hate listening to my music and I never do it, to be honest. <laughs> it's really true. And um, I always think it could be done. If I listen to my playing, I think oh, I could have done that better and I could have done that mm. better. It's frustrating. Yeah, and you, you're working for months on it and then you're kind of tired of it. But it's great after years to, to rediscover it. Google Arts and Culture have also put it together with uh, with these videos, this beautiful visual mm. visual aspect of it. Although I was imagining in a club, you wouldn't really want videos going at the same time because people usually have their eyes closed and are in mm. their bodies rather than than the video. So, how did this idea come to put the visuals onto the onto the tracks? Oh, that's also maybe because I am I'm also working as a visual artist. I'm painting and taking photographs. And I always do my artworks on my on my own, so it, I always have this strong visual concept on my mind somehow. Like I said, I did some research on the on the recording situation, and that, and also on of the concerts hall at that time, and I found many beautiful pictures. And that was also the moment when I was like, ah, I want to take some photos at the Staatsoper in Berlin, just to yeah, it looks really beautiful. I think even backstage or in the in the different rooms or in the hallway there's some some energy a lot of energy going on from the concerts from the shows from the musicians from the audience and yeah that's so much inside you can show with a like a quiet photo so I wanted to have this as a part of the project. It, it's great. But then th then for something like Dear Jehovah, um, mm. you have a whole story going on. There's some, the, the, the video. For the video, been, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm very happy about it because it's a friend from Chile. He did the video and he did one music video for me before. And I was speaking with him about the project and he was like, yeah, 
we had something more floating on our mind, but then we were like, okay, maybe it would be nice to have a contest, like a short movie thing, uh, something you wouldn't maybe imagine. I absolutely did not kind of imagine music, that yeah. at all. Really, it was a so, big surprise. Yeah, and when I watched it for the first time, like a short snippet, I was like, oh, okay, okay, is this? I actually like it. I enjoy it. But uh, how would what? people think about it but yeah it works very well together actually yeah even if it's a strong contrast it, uh, contrasts are good yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean beethoven and electronic music i think he would have liked it don't know if he would have been able to hear it that well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he definitely would have liked it i actually gave myself a challenge mm -hmm. because usually at the end of, of our podcast we've had this thing called the horn challenge where mm -hmm. you would have in healthier times pre-covid i would have made you play my horn and to, to see what comes out and oh, the wow, worse yeah, you yeah. are the more we loved it of course we can't do that these days and so i've been thinking up different challenges and instead of challenging you you actually gave me a challenge yourself without knowing it <laughs> i found the rework app Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you and Deutsche Grammophone have this rework app where we, your audience and your yeah. fans, can rework a tiny bit of the Moldau. Right, yeah. So I did that. I would love to play it to you. Yeah, so sure. if the listeners want to have a go, where, where can they find this? It's on my homepage. And you find this little app and you can, yeah, like I said, rework the Moldau. And what should we pay attention to when we're doing this? Maybe I've done it completely wrong, but I, I'd Ooh. like to show you. I'm always like, do whatever you want. It's, I mean, it's art. So just go for it. Okay, well, I'm now going to play it for you. So I'm showing this to Christian now on my laptop. Mm -hmm. It says Sarah W oh, yeah. at Christian Loeffler Parallels Rework It web app. <laughs> what a fantastic idea this is because I'm all for interaction with the, with the fans and friends and I'd never done anything like this before in my life. So <laughs> if I may, I'd like to play it to you and then I would like your professional opinion. Of course. Okay, here we go. I was actually quite nervous showing that to you and you were looking at the buttons yeah. that I pressed or sort of pushed up and down. What, what do you think? It's different, but it works. I was really curious looking at it and the picture looks different. You, if you change the sliders or the mixers, the picture changes also. So I was like, I was, oh, I never saw it like this. So I was curious how it sounds. It's really very cool. cool. The visuals change if you change the sliders. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so I only realized that actually once I'd finished it, I was too busy <laughs> concentrating on it. So you can see what I've done. I've actually put the orchestra right up mm -hmm. because that's that's what I love the to main hear. Part, but yeah. I left the beats in there. What else have I done? I can't really. I was happy that you left the beats inside. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. I felt very cool. <laughs> so that was my challenge and and you can save it and i even got my own album cover um, yeah. with my name on it the um, name, right so i can really recommend that and uh, that was my challenge to myself so um, i yeah. hope i passed and uh you can share it actually with me and i'm going to share it on instagram for example oh wonderful so maybe we should do that we will do that immediately <laughs> dear listeners i hope you've enjoyed this podcast i have it's been fantastic learning about a completely different new music world for me but many of you who are listening know about this music world 
world already. I can only congratulate you, Christian, for being so brave and to, <laughs> to put, put the worlds together. And I hope you're going to do a lot more of it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> thank you. We'll see you next time on the Deutsche Grammophon International Podcast Series. I'm Sarah Willis, and thank you for joining us. Thank you.